Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manesh, and I'm coming to you live from Philadelphia. But first, I want to thank you for listening. If you're a new listener and you've just subscribed, or if you've been listening ever since episode one, feel free to reach out and ask for the top 10 list. These are what listeners have considered to be the top 10 episodes. Just send me an email to victor at victorjm.com and I'll send you the list of top 10 episodes. We are back and we're coming to you live from Philadelphia where we've just completed a bus tour providing a glimpse of the strategies we've employed in the market for over five years here. And reflecting on what we've observed in the past five years, there's plenty of surprises. Philly is a city like American cities with a lot of contrast and surprises. During my visit here, I flagged down a police officer to break up a street fight. A short time later, less than 30 feet from the location of the fight, someone had set a newspaper kiosk on fire. No one was willing to put a $1.25 into the box to open it so the fire could be put out. All of this happened in front of the convention center in front of the trendiest market in the heart of downtown. It's in that environment that we build new apartment buildings. It's an environment that delivers surprises, both good and bad. We've been able to create tremendous value in this market. For example, there was the single-family lot, 14 feet wide, on North Bouvier Street that was zoned single-family. We bought it for $6,000, and we were able to successfully get a variance to build a multifamily building and build, ultimately, a nine-bedroom triplex, consisting of three three-bedroom apartments. The building was built using modular construction methods, where the entire building was built in modules in a factory and installed on-site in a single day. A big crane came in and picked up all the modules, stacked them on top of each other to complete the four-story building. My partners and I took a lot that was worth $6,000 at the beginning and finished a building that brought in over $4,500 a month in rent and appraised for $410,000. That's pretty good. That was a nice surprise. Then there was the time we dug a foundation for a nine-unit building on Thompson Street, only to find an undocumented sewer line crossing the backyard. When we asked the water department what to do about it, they said, we know nothing about it. Don't tell us about it. We don't want to know anything about it. It's not in our plans. When we asked them what we should do about it, they said, we could do anything we wanted. You mean we can cap it, we asked, and they said, yes, just don't tell us. Needless to say, we're not going to cap a live sewer line with all the upstream consequences of such an action. We modified our foundation design spent the extra $3,500 and routed the sewer pipe to the city sewer in the street. Then there was the construction of the 10-unit building on 25th Street. Almost all the properties in the area had foundations that went 6 feet below grade. And our building required us to dig a hole that went down 12 feet. Now three things happened simultaneously. Number one, we hit groundwater. Number two, the neighbor's backyard slid into the hole we had just dug. And number three, the deep hole started to destabilize the neighbor's house that went right up to the property line. We dug an even deeper hole to put a pump, and we ran that pump continuously for the duration of the construction. Even today, two sump pumps reside in the completed building, and they run virtually all the time. The neighbor's backyard required us to pour about $7,000 worth of concrete, and we built a kind of miniature Hoover Dam between the neighbor's house and the back of the property. And once that had cured, we got a big shovel and we put the neighbor's backyard back where it belonged. And then finally, we had to provide a full underpinning of the neighbor's foundation. This had to be accomplished by pouring three-foot sections of concrete 
along the entire length of the home, then wait several days for the concrete to cure each time. It took us over three weeks to restore the structural integrity of the neighbor's house. I hope their door frames are still square. Then there was the surprise that the city was going to appropriate a number of our properties using the eminent domain process. We received letters from the city stating that they now owned the properties but had not yet taken possession. Until they took possession, it was our responsibility to take good care of the property, to pay the taxes, until the city paid us the fair market value and actually took possession. That took over two and a half years from the date we got that letter. Then how about the time when we purchased two lots that were zoned RM1 multifamily on a street where we had just completed a multifamily building? We then learned that an active city council had rezoned them to single-family without public consultation or notification of the affected parties. We were starting to get tired of this, so we just sold the properties to another developer. We made a modest profit. Then that new developer took those same properties to the Zoning Board of Appeal and had a variance granted to put the multifamily buildings on those properties. And then there was the building that was designed to have structured parking. There's very little parking. In fact, most of Philadelphia relies on street-level parking. So in order to put parking in the building, we needed to get permission to cut the curb and put a driveway between the road and the building. And the rules say that if you have three or more properties sharing a driveway, you qualify for a curb cut. Now, as it turns out, we were taking three properties to build this multifamily apartment building. So we thought, great. We've got three properties we qualify. Well, once we consolidated the three lots to build the building, the city said, well, you don't qualify anymore because you no longer have three lots. You have one, so you don't qualify for a curb cut anymore. We were about to go to the Zoning Board of Appeal, and then the inspector for the city asked a very simple question. He said, is this by chance a condominium building? And we said, why do you ask? And then he said, well, if it's a condominium building, then you would have more than three units, three separately deeded properties, and you would qualify for the curb cut. Well, you can guess what our response was. As a matter of fact, it is. So lots of surprises. Virtually every single project we undertake has a surprise in one form or another. And we also have pleasant surprises. The last four projects we've completed, we have successfully rented ahead of schedule and at rents that were above our projections into the outside of the project. It's been that strong a market. It's been a very rewarding market. So if you're getting surprises and surprises are getting you down, tap into your resourcefulness because every single project has surprises. In the meantime, have a spectacular day. Go make some great things happen. And we'll talk to you again tomorrow.